And what we do here is we train mediums, we train healers, uh, and we train people in, in a variety of skills, including um, palmistry and astrology and even past life recall. Okay. We're particularly keen on our healing course, which is validated by various outside organisations and which we've recently revised. What we've found over the last uh, 50 years is that healing has become a, a central activity of organisations like ourselves. Do you think that's over the last 50 years that that's really picked up? Because there's been a lot of interest from outside with things that it's such a huge growth in naturopathy and yes. homeopathy and all of these things. Well, that's right. There's been a feeling that growth. conventional medicine isn't the answer to the treatment of, of all conditions. Mm. But we've been doing healing here from the time when we started. And um, of course, it's, it's a very pleasantly situated building as well. How much, um, just, uh, how much of the building do you have, sort of basement, upstairs, we have everything. the, we the have, whole lot? We even have some archives in the attic and oh archives God. in the basement. What would be the chances of us going in the attic one day? <laughs> no, I mean, just for photographs and the sound of being in attics would be delicious. Do you have, do you have separate rooms for healing? Because we're in a library at the moment. Which you're is, you're in the delicious. main library, yeah. other bookcases are scattered all around. Our rooms are mainly multi-purpose, so yeah, even our archive room is a classroom at times. Yeah, of course. Um, typical activities here are indeed the classes, perhaps a dozen people, or 18 people, or even half a dozen people. Mm -hmm. um, private consultations, uh, you might want to, you might want a, a, a consultation with uh, one of our mediums or one of our healers, and you might want it to be strictly private. Cool. So we've got light, airy rooms, uh, very pleasant rooms. Can I, can I uh, Leslie, you're, you're entering into the world or other worlds, or looking at other worlds, researching you personally. Where, was there a turning point or, or what happened for you? Personally, well, if, if, um, I don't, if you don't mind asking, I, I'm one of these people who owe a great deal to local libraries, and we're dying out because local libraries are dying. Well, in my case, it was a local library in a small cotton town in Lancashire called Chorley, where I found some books on the shelves about psychical research. Mm. Uh, a far-sighted local librarian, I think, perhaps discreetly. I'd added these books uh, to the library over the years, and I read them as a, as a sixth former, mm. and that crystallised my interest. So I, I first came to work in this building over 40 years ago. Oh, wonderful. You must have so uh, many stories. Is it stories. interest or, 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 or get to the point, are you, are you psychic or do you consider yourself psychic? Or? No, I don't consider myself psychic. My interests lie in the literature, but I, I do find the literature quite convincing. Um, but one of the things we are here, in some ways, is quite critical. Uh, if you have a sitting with a consultant here, as we call them, you'll be given a, a form afterwards and invited to fill it in, in which you provide instant feedback. Mm. Uh, obviously, if you spend a, a, an hour here and a certain amount of money, and all you get is generalities mm. or complete inaccuracies, you won't be very happy. So we, we keep a very close eye on the quality of so the work. So you have, you have the, there's, there's elements of scepticism. Yes. You personally, you, you allow for that, you know, working here, working surrounded as you are, every day, on a daily yes. basis, of people who claim to be... Well, indeed, because in these books, there are quite remarkable claims, and we have to face the fact that not every claim is genuine. No. Um, when I was young, there was a book called The Third Eye by Lobsam Rampa, who supposedly was a, uh, a Tibetan Lama. But Lobsam Rampa was really Cyril Hoskins, a plumber's son from Surrey, so... <laughs> 
these these things do happen, yeah, of uh, and we we have to we have to be quite yeah. cautious. But what we do hope to offer is a, a sympathetic atmosphere. Mm. Uh, you and I know that as person with psychic experiences can't just go anywhere and say, "Oh, I had an interesting dream last night." I dreamt I saw um, an accident happening in a few days' time. That's not going to go down very well at the breakfast table. So mm. we try to be sympathetic, but we're also cautious as well. Of course, that's lovely. Um, it occurs if you've got all, all of these feedback forms, you must have uh, a statistical database you could put together going back. I mean, uh, probably a world, a unique resource there just in the you know the feedback you've got from various sittings and things what we do uh, try to keep a note of is really impressive cases now i mentioned one that's quite famous mm. uh, which involved this building and a medium who worked here the r101 airship crashed yeah. uh, in 1930 a terrible disaster and not long afterwards an attempt was made not to communicate with people who'd been on the airship but to communicate with Arthur Conan Doyle who passed away um, in 1930. But to the surprise of the people who were in the sitting, one of whom was Harry Price, not related to me, a psychic investigator whose laboratory was on the top floor of our building, to their surprise, their sitting was interrupted by the ostensible arrival of people who'd been on the airship who gave technical details about how the airship came to crash. I'm afraid it wasn't very airworthy. Now this is what we call this the R101 case, mm. and it involved mediums who worked here and in other places. So we do keep a special note of cases that are especially evidential. And we have a magazine which we've published since 1881 called Light, started off as a weekly newspaper. Uh, light uh, is um, sometimes called the Times of Spiritualism, mm. high-quality writing, and uh, mm. it's a wonderful record of serious work that's been done in, in the field uh, over the last, I don't know, 130, 40 years. What a wonderful resource. So much. So the people who use this library, some of them are students, they're perhaps doing courses here, um, some of them are just members of the public and they think, well, is there anything in this extrasensory perception business or um, what happens when we die? Is there any information about it? We generally say to people, read a bit about it before you plunge into it. Mm. Uh, uh, just don't go to, say, a sitting with a medium without knowing anything about the subject. Oh, sage, sage. Makes perfect sense. We also say to people, of course, um, don't say very much to the medium. It's the medium's job to say things to you. Mm. If you say, I'm so-and-so, I'm here because I'm interested in X, occasionally that might be the best thing, but generally it's best to let the consultant develop what he or she wants to develop. And we may think, of course, that behind the consultant there's somebody on the other side who's, who has a good idea what they're going to try and communicate, perhaps evidence, perhaps teaching, and so on. An open mind to all. That's right. Uh, so there's some very unusual sections here. When I was young, they used to have a section called demonology. Wow. But, we, but you no longer see the word demonology on one of our labels when you come in. But we do still What's have... What's that changed to? Because you must still have the books. What would that, what would that go under? Well, there are what we might call um, uh, cases of earthbound, apparently earthbound spirits. There are certainly cases of hauntings. Uh, there are certain people on the other side, as there are people on this side, uh, who are rather mischievous or even malevolently inclined. 
We hear a lot today about internet trolls, don't we? Yeah. People who go on sites and post things and, and then they go away and have a good laugh. I can't help thinking there have been long uh, individuals like that on the other <laughs> side. And they turn up at seances and they say, Julius Caesar here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or they say, William Shakespeare, I've got another play. Can you just write this down? <laughs> and so, so mediumship trolls or something. I think, I think trolls, have, have, they've been a real problem um, ever since. But the word trolls wasn't used no. uh, when we first started in psychical research uh, yeah. in 1884. Well, why should, why should humour die when we die? <laughs> No, I mean, I, mischief, doesn't, mischief doesn't die either, no. uh, I'm afraid. So um, there's a lot to read here, a lot to study, yeah. and some quite distinguished people have done their studies here. Rosamund Lehman, the novelist, for example, mm -hmm. um, um, came to the college when she was bereaved. Her daughter Sally had, had died quite suddenly abroad, uh, and, and she was really upset, that's Rosamund. She came here and she began to read about the subject in our library and eventually she became our vice president. Ali. Right, let's just make a little pause there. Some kind of operation. Gold, I think. Craig, you told me to stand up. You knew my leg. You knew it'd be okay. Yeah, I knew. I don't know how, but I knew. Oh, come on, all of you. You know something, don't you? A little. At the time, I thought I was dreaming or delirious. From the beginning. I don't know the beginning. It was after the crash. I came round in the snow. Boy, did I hurt. My side. Man. From where? I am telling you what I know, what I remember. I was taken to a place. Ceiling and lights. I didn't see the two of you there, but you must have been there. There was a jet of light. A flame, I don't know. They were using it on me. Next thing I know, I came around in the snow, and that's only a couple of minutes ago. I think I can add something. Do you remember when we were coming down, Craig? I saw something from the window, pointed. You said you saw the ground. I know. I saw a city. At least I thought I did. I didn't say anything at the time. I figured it was just what I was hoping to see. But from what you've just said. A city, an unknown city up here. Sure, why not? The world's a great big place. Lost civilization in Tibet. Okay. So we're going through, now we're going from A, channeling, to mediumship. That's right. So yeah, we're getting to the nuts and bolts here to uh, afterlife. Um, uh, this question about whether there's life after death. Simon, is there life before death? That's, that's the big question. Uh, that, do you know who, one of my favorite quotes on that was with William Burroughs in an interview in his later years and there was some kind of press conference or something and they said um, as you're getting towards the end of your life you know how do you feel and it's towards moving towards death at the end of your life and he said can you prove I'm alive except that sounded like WC Fields I'm not the best yeah. yes, the, 
these are the size, uh, just these titles. So I'm going to go a long one. Uh, can I can I just read this one? That's yes, jumped out. See, the thing is here, titles just jump out. And here we've got Willie Speaks Out, um, which is by Elliot V. Feckles. Fleckles, in fact. And this is about the psychic world of Abraham Lincoln. Sounds almost improbable, also, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. That's from Minnesota, so this is an American oh. book. And here. Um, oh, unfortunately, look, this was nice info. There's actually, it's, it's, it's possibly been inscribed by Fleckles himself, but unfortunately, it's actually gone under the label of the, the due date. Yeah, Elliot Fleckles, and it's signed 1974. Um, I mean, we could just do lots of readings. It could, where, where did that one go? Because I want them all to go back in the right place. A convoluted universe communicating with the dead, embraced by the light, further up here, passing the marker, which I'm not sure what that is, passing the marker. Ah, it's understanding the new millennium energy. There was a very big, yeah, there was a very big, my nephew bought me a book about, was it the year 2000 or 2001, where there was supposedly the Mayan calendar came to an end and everything was going to... 2012 and 2000. 2012, yeah, 2012. It was... Oh, no, 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 that was 2012, something, something completely different. Oh, yes, we were going to end again. Uh, White Eagle on Reincarnation. White Eagle, the because just up the road in Brompton Cemetery that we cycled through here, there was a red. Uh, there was a Native American Red Indian gentleman buried for a long time. He's now been disinterred, taken back to spiritual homelands. Feather in his name, possibly a wolf. Might have been wolf feather. There you go. More titles, David. Okay, let's move up here. Um, the uh, the Paul Solomon tapes. Uh, obviously, I'm going to go. Great. Ah, here please. we are. Words from the source. The sleeping man speaks on. Um, Can we have the rest of that title? Okay. World prophecy, diet and health, Atlantis, sex, healing, spiritual growth, astrology, drugs, and others. A reading. Yeah. A random reading. Here we go. Excerpt 23, Conductor, you have before you one, 3001, you will give advice as to how this one might enlighten himself to the Christ forces within him and how he might learn the lessons that need to be learned for the best usage for himself at this time and in this body and mind. So that was a conductor. And so on, and there, once again, this one was actually signed from Cheney Walk, Carlisle Mansions. Isn't it mm, Carlisle Mansions? No, no, I was thinking Dudley lived nearby there. Dudley would like it here, wouldn't he? Where did that one come from, David? That was there. Um, this, is, this is an interesting with Radical Spirits, which is Spiritualism and Women's Rights in 19th Century America. Because the Fox Sisters, I think in the 18... Mid 1800s was the first when spiritualism really began in the United States. These the Fox sisters were the, uh, the the wrappings. It was introduced to the notion that the knocking on the table, the mm -hmm. communication, first communication with the dead, and there was a huge, there was a sort of association with 
um, early kind of feminism, you know, sort of kind of the sort of it was very often uh, women who were sort of part of these uh, alliances and organizations and things, which we could probably talk about a bit later uh, with Leslie. But yes, yeah, so a radical spirit, spiritualism of women's rights in 19th century America. I'm, I'm kind of interested in that. Yes, uh, uh, Laura DeForce Gordon, a trans medium who became a well-known women's suffrage speaker. So there was a lot of connections between the suffragettes and suffrage and, and uh, uh, this period of um, spiritualism. Madame Blavatsky here. Madame Blavatsky. Blavatsky is represented. Isis unveiled. Wheels of Light, The Atlantis Enigma. There's a lot of Atlantis here, reincarnation, theosophy. Did I tell you, when you had your talk at yes. the Theosophy Society many years ago, mm. and before we went, 2008, we went in and they, before we went into the main talk, we were all guided into the library and I was with my friend Simon Pooley and I went up to him and I said, um, what exactly is theosophy? And he looked me in the eye and held up the book he was reading and it said, what exactly is theosophy? Beautiful moment, beautiful moment. So I think that reminds me of going back a little bit to the Theosophical Society, which said this is a continuum really, is the, the categories in front of us. There are some categories here that simply would not exist at would not exist outside of this archive. Mm, past, um, past lives, uh, you agree? You would, but it's I, it's possible you might see the category pessimism in the Turnpike Lane Library, but very unlikely. But it's, it's very possible you might have had that here. Here you have B. Dot Theosophy in front of us. Now that would not be in any other library, I suspect. Um, and as we look at these titles, you know, E religion, presumably Eastern religion, I imagine. Let, let's have a look at some of the titles there. Let's, let's move back. So. In e-religion, um, towards the light, Abba Abrushin in the light of truth. You are gods. Oh look, the people's Madonna. Probably not to do with the Madonna jumps to mind. It's anyway. important to know that these are, many of these books are practical books to, uh, considered to be practical tools on how to arrive at certain states of consciousness uh, that, that allow, permit traffic between this and the other world. So there's sort of obviously, quite obviously, huge amounts of books on the practice of yoga in all its various forms, Kundalini yoga, Hatha yoga, which were definitely not theoretical from, um, by those who wrote the books and also those who use these books as practical means to achieve um, something or other. Yeah, the interpretation of cosmic and mystical experiences by Robert Crockle. Let's have a quick look here. Once again, we go for a random thing. Um, at one month was not only an aim of Christians from the first century onwards, it was also the aim of the mysteries. These were concerned either with natural processes or the achievement of out-of-body experiences and had no theology. Theology. David? Theology. Theology. Um, the study of God. Sure. Yep. 
Let's get that one back there. I. We're in the lower shelves. You've got the come on. language of birds. Come on, yeah. lower shelves. Let's. We're going to kneel down for the lower UFOs, shelves. UFOs, secret language of birds, a book of illumination, healing research, paracoustics. I like that. Ooh. We got. Oh yes. Oh wow. There um, it is. Beautiful, beautiful cover with a, a classic thing of a ghost, like a sheep ghost with very 70s headphones on. Beautiful. Sound of the paranormal. Okay, so let's read from the back of the book here. Um, from the chain-rattling ghost of Pliny's first century Athens to things that go bump in the night and 21st century electronic voice phenomena. That's the EVP that we've discussed in the past. Sound has always fascinated paranormal researchers. Um, so this is a very contemporary book, This because this mentions 21st century. Okay, chapter, don't know what number chapter it is, but Telephone Anomalies by Callum E. Cooper. Beautiful picture. That looks like a ferrograph tape machine by David Ellis. I mean, as we, you know, I'm here with David Ellis, and... And it, it's shocking how many times you're mentioned. <laughs> this is quite unearthing. Uh, your namesake. At first, Ellis was required to submit progress reports. I'm still struggling with those progress reports. Yeah, your progress reports now are job seekers allowance, probably, or something horrible like that. So let's, I'm going to read from that there, if that's okay. At first, Ellis was required to submit progress reports during this study to a supervisor, but began duplicating them for interested colleagues and researchers, a practice that escalated. Soon, Ellis found himself posting over 250 copies of his progress reports. I'm still posting, that's right. <clears throat> David Ellis still posting here. And there's a picture of David Ellis, a younger David Ellis there, with what certainly looks like a ferrograph, which was one of my first reel-to-reel -reel tape machines that I took to pieces and played with. Looking through the book here, we've got um, pictures of sound files. The acoustic properties of unexplained rapping of sound. Like that. Yep, yep, yep. That sort of rapping. The classic. Music in shamanism and spirit possession. Uh, spontaneous music and voices. The psychology of EVP. Telephone anomalies. That's one of my favourites. Yeah, it really. Is. I mean, I think that but would just be. Just the word telephone. I mean. Yeah, telephone in itself is there. Infrasound and the paranormal. Um, and so on. That's a delicious book. That is absolutely wonderful. And this is this is on the very bottom shelf. So we're down on our hands and knees here to find this. Meetings of Angels, Rudolf Steiner, of course, always pops up in every shelf, Rudolf Steiner. Maybe it's the only real name that almost everybody can become familiar with. It's like, oh, Rudolf Steiner, uh, isn't, does, isn't, didn't he design that school in Swiss Cottage, that sort of thing, and, mm -hmm. um, or St. John, <coughs> John's Wood. Oh, look, pamphlet. There's a pamphlet. Okay, this is, this is a reference. And this was published in 2000, so you know, it, it's, it's remarkably up-to-date. This is the Cathars, the Cathars and Arthur Guidham, an investigation into the past lives of a Bath psychiatrist and his circle. This is by Linda Harris. So this is almost a pamphlet, which I love. And there's a picture of a pub called the Pheasant Inn. Um, and this is near... 
Bassenthwaite Lake in Cumbria, where Gurdon first visited with his mother in the age at the age of seven in 1916. And it's a feeling that this 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 study requires a pamphlet. I mean, <coughs> certain things you have to have a pamphlet. Mm, a book mm, is going taking things far too too far. Do you, do you, I mean, I have a sense with in our adventures and journeys through archives, uh, the overwhelming quantity of archive material. Um, I mean, just here, every shelf. I mean, how many books a year does one read in the 21st century? How many photographs? When we went to the Getty Library, endless, endless, endless corridors of boxes and shelves and catalogues and negatives and drawers and cases. And in my case, um, the metal case with my brother's archive in. And every single one you open up and there's another world in there, almost a complete world. So archives, material, evidence, um, speculation, speculation, right? yeah. Rather I think the speculation here is overwhelming and, and, mm. and it, you may enter, you, you, you enter as a skeptic or not, but either way, whatever happens, something changes in here, you're prepared um, in the way, in the same way that Leslie was talking about, you're prepared to consider um, that yeah. which is actually you're thinking. Well, this is utter nonsense. It's all about. But it's all you, about considering. It's considering. considering yeah. Nice, nice um, little diagram here, um, and these are hand-drawn diagrams. It says key worn by. How would you pronounce that? Puerilia. Yeah, Puerilia. And in the middle, ring worn by Roger. By Roger. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, I'm going to just consider for a second here, because I think the battery sign just flashed up on the recorder. It does occasionally. Okay. Um, Storyteller's been dreaming about it long enough. Why should it be true? Sharon, you better check those bugs again. we got to get moving. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. We started a job, now we got a chance of finishing it. Craig, whatever's happened here, more than our bodies are patched up, you know that. I know we haven't talked about it, but we all know something's happened. We're different, we're very different. We'll finish the job we started out to do. What about us? We're on borrowed time anyway. We should have died here. Maybe we did die. We can't just leave it like that. No? No, we've got to look for these people, find their city. Why, have you changed your mind? Don't you think these bacteria experiments by the Chinese count for anything anymore? Craig's right. The UN need this information. They need it badly. Well, like you said, we should be dead. They wouldn't have got it then. I know what you're saying. I knew the score. I... I was prepared to die if we had to. But this isn't the same. We're important. What happened here comes first. We'll still get back. Are they okay? Okay, Richard, you do what you want. Sharon and I have made up our minds. All right, you go. No more argument. Maybe we'll meet up later. I'm sure we will. I'll see you, kiddo. Goodbye, Richard. Bye, Sharon. Hey. Good luck.
there's no possibility of coming to any conclusion because it's only really just begun. I mean, you've been, Clive, you've been here for, as you say, quite some time. We've arrived, we, we brought out a book, for example, um, where Julius Caesar came up again as the uh, one of the sort of choice, you know, if something's going to come through, it might well, it might have been Julius Caesar. Is it, do things go in fashion, are there sort of phases and where, where, for example, people suddenly uh, choose to be this person or that person in terms of communication for the dead? Yes, there are. Uh, you can well imagine, for example, that when Conan Doyle passed away in 1930, there were a lot of people who said, oh, in my home circle for mediumship last night, Conan Doyle came through, because he was very much in the public eye. There were also fashions for types of communicators. In the early 1950s, there were quite a lot of communicators who claimed connections with flying saucers and said that the space people were going to arrive quite soon. But a hundred years before, when the Theosophical Society uh, was founded, there were mediums who were bringing through supposed messages from the masters, um, which Madame Lovatsky wouldn't be too happy about, because um, she said they were living people and not spirits. So, uh, And now, uh, at this very time, in the early 21st century, angels are very much in fashion. So, um, if you're a medium, you might have communications with those who have died, um, but um, somebody else may say, ah, well, I'm in touch with angels, and my communications are superior. Can I ask you, sorry to interrupt, about communications, uh, uh, do you, have you had people, or are there people you know who are working with the internet, for example, sort of a communication via the internet? Oh, yes, yes. In fact, there are mediums here who give consultations via Skype, for example. Um, there are a lot of mediums for many, many years of tape-recorded communications, what we might call postal uh, messages and so on. So the latest technology is certainly being employed uh, in, uh, in mediumship. Is there a phenomenon, as we've seen with EVP, is there an equivalent with the internet that people are finding, uh, rather than using it as a medium, like you say there, where they're doing readings over Skype, is there a phenomena where there's psychic phenomena appearing as part of the internet? So is it other people seeing that as a channeling source. I've, yes, not, I've not heard of that. Such phenomena are certainly being reported, but whether they're being verified, yeah, precisely yeah. because it is the internet, it's very difficult, of course, of course. to verify the source of a communication. Um, but there are lots of people who are interested in using the latest technology. Mm. Hitherto, what has happened is that people have been building <laughs> machines to communicate with the spirit world for over 150 years. But hitherto, a human medium always seems to be necessary. Perhaps a machine helps, but a human, a human instrument has not been dispensed with. Is it, is, was that my imagination, or have you got examples of machines and tools and things here? Have we? We have uh, traditional things like planchettes and Ouija boards here, um, which were used um, in the early days. What is a planchette? Um, a planchette is um, a, a small wooden, usually wooden, instrument that moves around. Uh, you may fix a pencil in it uh, and it moves around and perhaps it will write things out. Now, you usually have with it uh, a list of the letters of the alphabet and that the planchette will move and point to particular letters. Now, this is a rather slow means of communication. Uh, people sometimes used it in the early part of their psychic development and then they might move on later to trance and they might move on later still to conscious mediumship of some kind. Uh, incidentally, there are Ouija boards around which are in French. 
that really are um, using, because naturally they were used in different countries and so on. In our exhibition in January, we had, an we had an, a special exhibit of planchettes. There's also something that was used in physical sales, it's called the trumpet. The trumpet? Now, it's not a musical instrument, mm. it's actually a megaphone, usually made of aluminium, which in a dark sounds, which was much more fashionable in the olden days, would rise up as the psychic forces that were unleashed cause it to rise up. And if it had luminous paint on it, of course, you could see it moving around. Now, we do have members who in quite recent times have sat in circles where the trumpets have spun around. But as I say, it's not a musical instrument. But I do wonder what archaeologists will say 2,000 years from now when they find written references to trumpets and they'll conclude yeah. that people played music at, at seances. So, so the trumpets would be like horns? Uh, the ones that are used are just megaphones, basically. Okay, They're yeah, cylinders, yeah, usually made of aluminium, occasionally yeah. made of cardboard. Mm. We have quite a few here. That's interesting. We work um, with a gentleman who records on wax cylinders, mm. and he's got a fantastic collection of megaphone things because you actually record through the megaphone. Some of them are like over two metres long. Beautiful. There's an expert called Brandon Hodge who lives in, in uh, Austin, in Texas, and has uh, vast collection of uh, machines that communicate with the spirit world, ranging from planchettes and uh, uh, boards to much more sophisticated uh, mm. uh, devices with wheels and, uh, uh, and valves and I so forth. I can imagine, beautiful. Lights, lights, would he came here and we proudly showed him our collection of 11 trumpets. Yeah. Uh, but he shook his head and he said, look, they, these trumpets can, which are megaphones, they can have up to three parts. And what you've really got here is five, which have several parts to them. Ah. I'm afraid over time, those parts have become separated. Of course, that would be easy to do because you wouldn't really know. Um, have you got a sort of exhaustive list, a digital list of all the titles in your library? Well, uh, we... I have a computer catalogue of recent accessions there, and we have a printed catalogue of, which shows our books up to a certain year, which was 1931. So up to 1931? Yeah, we have, we have supplements since then. What we don't have is an online catalogue. Obviously, we, we hope to have that at, okay. at some point. Just, some time. just yeah. uh, the, the reason I ask that is because the titles themselves, they contain a poetry all of their own. And just, just looking at it, uh, I mean, it, it's... The Haunted Omnibus, um, stories... That's probably a collection of ghost stories rather yeah. than a, a book about a bus. It sounds it, it does. <laughs> I was thinking that, I was thinking of Omnibus, yes. I was thinking, oh, upstairs was the ghost upstairs. But there's a book there called Om by T. Mundi. Now that's a classic uh, esoteric novel with the... A novel Tom as opposed Tom to... Tom was a theosophist. Okay. And that's working to be one of... He's using fiction to convey spiritual yeah, truths, yeah, yeah. which is an old tradition, of, of course. course. Uh, Lift Up Your Eyes. Um, that's a book that's of special significance to me, actually. Do you tell? Do you tell? Yes. There was a day in 1973 when I was feeling rather fed up and uh, I'd had a bit of a setback. And so I went down to my local second-hand bookshop in Chiswick and... In those days, there was a five-penny box, mm. and I found that volume, Lift Up Your Eyes. Now, the author uh, was an Australian journalist who'd influenced somebody called Rainer Johnson, who, who was a, a physicist who became a well-known psychical researcher, mm. lectured here. And um, I'd never seen a copy of it. It's an Australian book. Uh, it, it, it was the best work by Ambrose Pratt, the author. 
to come across it on a day when I was feeling very fed up um, and, to, and to find the title, Lift Up Your Eyes, mm -hmm. and to pay the, the magnificent sum of 5p uh, for it was really quite something. Do so you believe in signs and wonders yourself? Do you? I do believe in signs and wonders. You do? Right. Yes. Huh. Uh, a lot of the strangest things that happen in the psychic field involve the people and the organisations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's the same in, in the arts. It, I, I think it is in the arts as well. Yeah, it's all about the people in the end, isn't it? I think I'm, I'm surprised about that, and pleasantly surprised at just how many yeah non-fiction, how many novels I, that that <coughs> no, fiction uh, work. I didn't expect to see so much. So that's really interesting to me now. To oh yes, but, as you say, to express through uh, has always been a, a means of conveying spiritual truths. One does mean only think of the Golden Ass by Apuleius, which is a novel which conveys truths about the ancient mysteries. When was that? That's in the ancient two, text? About 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, yeah. Yes. Um, but, and there have been many others as well. There are those who think, of course, that some books presented as facts are fiction as well. And uh, we sometimes wonder quite where to categorise some of the volumes uh, we've got here. Cross-reference. I mean, it's all down to cross-reference, isn't it? It is. I mean, as a memoir, that's rather an unusual title. Yeah, come uh, look at that book, David. Yes. Have... And that's actually an account of what's called rescue work. And the idea is that people die, they don't know they're dead, or right. they do know they're dead, but they did such terrible things that they, they really uh, are worn down by their sense of uh, failure and so on, and so they remain earthbound. So how are those people going to be released? Well, you think, obviously, the people over there would look after the people who arrive over there. Yep. By and large, that seems to be true, but, as, but there's a long tradition, however, of uh, mediums and other psychic investigators attempting to help those who are earthbound. They might create hauntings and things like that, yep. the entities in question. And this man, Carl Wickland, was an American whose wife was a medium. And uh, that's, his, that's his account of these cases. Uh, there have been members of the college who've been engaged in, in that kind of work. Uh, it, it, it's still a recognised but rather arduous specialty. I mean, if you're a medium, you don't necessarily want to be in touch with someone who's died in distress because you take on temporarily their conditions. So it's dedicated work, it's for the yeah. few and, uh, and rather, rather than the many. But there are lots of people all the time who are dying and they don't expect an afterlife. And what are they going to do? If they're quite certain there is no afterlife, what's going to happen to them? I, but Dawkins, for example, were he to pass away, if he knows there's no afterlife, what's he going to do when he finds himself in it? There's a very popular film that was made, I was drawing on this, it was this, um, The Sixth Sense, which was this notion, the notion who, who just wasn't, Bruce Willis, in fact, rather magnificent film, who, who yeah. kind of didn't realise that he had done, hadn't realised that he was dead. Yeah. And, and uh, well, without going into the whole film, it was quite, it was quite... I've never seen that. It's a classic film and that does yeah. seem to be the case. Now, a lot of people are passing on today. The problem is not so much those who are agnostic, those who don't know, it's the problems who people who definitely don't know that there's a life after death and they die and they're quite determined. So they have a choice. Either they are, they're still alive, and they're definitely still alive, and don't try and tell me different because I know I couldn't be dead and still come talking to you. Or um, it's, it's a great mystery. So 
uh, without sort of a, a consistent belief in life after death, which we don't have in contemporary society, people are passing away and they don't quite know where they are. They don't know they're dead H- yet. Hence, hence rescue work. Yeah. That's in, I mean, how many of our friends are dead? There's, you know, left that one hanging. But look, I mean, it's just so much here. This one's about narcotics. This is this is here suggesting um, that many come back and try to get the drug. So possibly people that have overdosed don't know they're dead. I'm just guessing here. And it says many, yes, many come back to try to get the drug, try to get even a little, and they ruin others against their will. I knew many times that I myself did want it did not want it, but there was such a strong power of me, obsession. And that was morphine, talking about morphine and there. Amazing. Spirits and narcotics, inebri- inebriety and amnesia. There's a long tradition of alcohol, of course, has been a particular problem. Uh, the problem in the 19th century, and there's a long tradition of warning of the dangers of those in, who are still alive being uh, influenced and obsessed by those who have died who were uh, drunkards and had an alcohol addiction and so on. That just goes in so many directions. This is an excellent book. Spirits and Suicide. That must be particularly difficult. Spirits and Crime. Tormenting spirits, marriage, dis- marriage disturbances. Some of those who are earthbound include some of those who commit suicide because yeah. obviously if you commit suicide in the belief there's no afterlife and then you find that you're in it. Yes. Um, or even if you think there is an afterlife and then you find you're in it, you, you may obviously have regrets as to what you've done, but what, who are you going to tell about it? Mm-hmm. Has there ever been any, I can't imagine there hasn't been any reported hauntings or presences here in the building itself over the years or, or is that something that doesn't come up? One of my old colleagues met our first president on the stairs one day as the first president had been passed away for a hundred years this was a bit of a surprise. So that's but, a bit of a presence. But, but my colleague was himself a medium. There is a feeling that the building itself um, has shall we say permanent residence. Um, Do they keep up their subscriptions? <laughs> they, they don't keep up their subscriptions but um, we feel that the building's built up an atmosphere over the last 90 years. Uh, most of what's happened here has been benevolent. Um, if, if the atmosphere is a happy atmosphere in the building, we, people come here who are sad and who are in need of healing sometimes, as well as those who come, especially the young who are interested in, in psychic development and so on. But what happens here is generally constructive. Um, some of my older colleagues felt that uh, there was a kind of team of former members of the college who kept an eye on things from the other side, and still do. Certainly we've come through lots of difficult situations. We escaped the Blitz and so on. Um, and um, without what we feel is, is help from former members and friends from the other side, we, we might have gone the way of many other organisations uh, in the psychic field. Makes perfect sense. Where did this one go? 30 years amongst the dead. We don't want to leave that one behind somehow, but that... Is it there? Well, it's at the W. Go around the bike. That's right. So, yes. I mean, how many of our friends are dead? There's, you know, left that one hanging. But look, I mean, how many of our friends are dead? 
<laughs> you know, left that one hanging. But look, how many of our friends are dead? I mean, how many of our friends are dead? I mean, how many of our friends are dead? How many of our, how many of our friends are dead? Disassociation of a personality. Yeah, beautiful. Yes. This is this is like a book from. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This is one that they'd get off the shelves, and you know they'd kind of sort out all the bad guys. Yeah, beautiful handmade paper with a classic ink stain interior cover. Um, first taken out in 16th of June 1961. Any idea what the weather was like in June 1961, David? No, no, I'm not even sure who it was in uh, top of the charts at that point. I'm not quite sure. We can look into that. Maybe play something appropriate. Um, next taken out 23rd of June 1961. Then again in 1962, and then not again until 2nd of March 1977. Johnny, remember me, 1961, wasn't it? Wasn't that the... It's... OK. Sally Torments Miss Beecham. So this is a novel? I don't know. Let's have a look, see if there's something indicates. It's, it's, beautiful. it's a beautiful, beautiful book. It's a I'm going to... The title for a novel, if it is. Just Hang on, just let's, let's, let's get the smell of the book here. Beautiful, beautiful smell of this is this is this the book itself is coming together. Okay, it's a biographical study in abnormal psychology by Morton Prince MD, who is the professor of diseases of the nervous system, Tufts College Medical School, physician for the diseases of the nervous system, Boston City Hospital. So this is an American book. What an absurd question. It begins at page 175. And under the title, page 175, The Birth of IV, the Idiot. OK, what an absurd question. Well, wasn't he? Why, no. I insisted that he had been. It's absurd. Why is it absurd? He is your physician. I don't require him. Yes, you do. Not here. I'm not sick enough for that. They told me downstairs, I continued, that he was here. What in earth did you come here for, then? The recklessness of my conduct at once strikes her. What an amazing book. Studies in character. Uh, the psychology of sudden conversion. Have you ever had that, David, sudden conversion? I read it as conversation. You've definitely had that. Mental strain as a cause. Oh, yeah, that's a cause to live for, that one. Contest between personalities. All the time. Hmm? Endless, that one. Endless, yeah. Now, where did that one go? Can you get on back on? Yes. In goes the book for a later day. The dangers of spiritualism. There's bound to be some dangers there. Okay. I think dangers of spiritualism, that goes without saying. Can we go to the, the beginning now? Let's see what date this was last taken right. out. Okay, it's only been taken out once, so we can assume that... Oh no, look, there's a whole mm. page there. That looks like it was... It, this is the second page here, so we can't see the dates. Mm. There's a lot of history just in the... See, these times again, author of my... A critical examination. These words are very important here. Critical yeah. and examination. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives a sense of... Let's, can we just read the full title? Yeah. Because it's lovely. The dangers of spiritualism being records of personal experiences with notes and comments and five illustrations. Oh, illustrations. How does one... Oh, look, there's oh. one. There's an illustration of... It looks like um, a man in a shroud. Oh. Oh, oh. There's something we've got here, these are illustrations or... This, ah, these are the five illustrations here, or... No, automatic writing? Automatic writing, yeah. Now, this is a pull-out...
You have been listening to my Stopka here on Resonance 104.4 FM. Today, we had a gentle detour around the College of Psychic Studies with Mr. David Ellis, Jenna Hartman, and all the dead people that were inhabiting those books between the shelves. Their auras, their chi, their natural energies were all vibrant and bursting, and they were just there. Crystals were healing vibrations were vibrating resonances from another world another life the other side were felt by one and all if you're interested in today's episode of ice topica or anything else that we've ever done on ice topica or ever 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 likely to do then you can find out about that by going to the website being www.theculture.net it's absolutely taken to pieces at the moment as it's going through a complete and utter and much needed refit with Dr. Lucille Buck from the Sorbonne adding a certain amount of curatorial calm to the proceedings. Meanwhile, you can join us more directly, hashtag Twitter, being hashtag Isotopica on Twitter, me, Simon Tishka. And um, as I say, we're going to go to Paris, we're going to go to France, we're going to escape the sinking isle where I'm going to form a cultural resistance. And I'm really serious about that. And anyone interested in putting together and forming a notion of resistance, as in the French resistance, that's what I'm referring to, because now is the time of great European strife. Now's the time to do it. Give us a bell, drop us a line, send us a pigeon, maybe some Morse code or hide a message that's what we used to do anyway hope you enjoyed today's show stay with us here on resonance fm carol finer up next and next week on isotopica i'm going to be interviewing or not interviewing in conversation with tadeus ropak of the ropak galleries who is one of the finest of european art galleries i believe we're going to talk about that we've got special guest marceau duchamp John Lennon, Yoko Ono, and Joseph Boyce, amongst others. Tune in for that. Oh, by the way, don't panic. We're forming the resistance.